Hello and welcome to the Global Reinsurance and Insurance Download, or GRID for short. I'm Charlie Thomas. The GRID is a podcast powered by Eames Partnership, in which some of the world's top insurance and reinsurance executives discuss the secrets of their success. In this episode, our focus is talent. We spend a lot of time building their confidence and their ability to work within the industry. Success takes talent and more success brings in more talent and that talent gap expands in your favor. Nowadays, financial benefits, career opportunities, um, all these factors are given. Our panel of executives discuss their tactics for attracting and retaining staff in a ferociously competitive market. We're heading to Bermuda for our first insight to Archery's CEO, Mamoon Raja. I asked him how his firm is planning to win the war for talent. Yeah, so you 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 said it right. It it, it is a war, and 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 different times in the market, there there are battles, right? And I think I think you win by setting those foundations of values and 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 the vision early, and uh, and establishing alignment on that uh, well before uh, any inflections in the market happen, so that you're. Your team identifies with that in any any sort of market, in all markets. Um, you know, inevitably, in times of froth, you, you you may lose some of your team members who aspire to do something a little bit different, or or, or frankly, get paid a little bit more doing something else. But um, I think if you assemble a team together that just believes in the in the power of the collective, uh, believe in the mission, and believe in one another, um, over time, you win that war. For Axis Re CEO Steve Aurora, the hardening market may have elevated the competition, but this market has always been competitive when it comes to hiring the best talent. Is it a little bit more elevated in this environment? Yes. But, you know, there was never a time where I think you could be complacent about your teams or having the right people. Um, how do we win? I think um, people like to work for a winner. So your results um, make a big difference. I think also the reputation of the people and the culture and the environment um, is really crucial. And those who work for you at the present moment, if you can create that environment where people have fun, they feel like they're thriving, they're less likely to leave. And, you know, from my experience and my kind of beliefs, you know, the best way to create that sort of environment where people want to stay or people want to come work for you is constantly providing a flow of career opportunities, I think is the number one way to keep people very excited, engaged and motivated. I think communicating in a real and transparent way um, is also a big success factor. Um, And there's other things, um, like I mentioned before, is like, how do you define a purpose which is clear and people can rally around how do people feel a sense of team and belonging? How do you create that inclusive sort of space where people feel like they're heard? So a lot of this comes down to the uh, emotional intelligence side of leadership. Um, But we also have to accept that people come and go and that's okay. And that can be healthy at times for your organization but also sometimes the best thing for an individual is um, t- is an opportunity outside of your firm. And I think we should not be uh, protective around people. And we should really try and 
promote them. Of course, you want to keep good people and you want to create opportunities in your own shop. But if the best thing is for someone to to thrive elsewhere, um, I think that should also be supported. Steve spoke about the importance of company culture in attracting the right talent. And that's a whole other topic for another episode. But it was a common theme among our executives. For Siobhan Bader, CEO of Amri Syndicate, it's the diversity of her existing team which makes it attractive to potential recruits, because the makeup of her team in turn encourages a diversity of thought. We don't look for one kind of prototype. We actually look for the people that are different and unique and bring unique strengths into our company. So we have a diverse selection of people. And in this way, I think we build a really strong complementary team. You know, not all the people in our company do the same thing. They all have diverse strengths and then that adds to the whole. I think that really creates a very strong, uh, you know, dynamic force. And as senior management, we pay a lot of attention to each person that we hire. I have an open door policy. I really look for feedback from everyone that works for me. Uh, I expect everyone to contribute. And in that way, people are really engaged in what we're doing in the company. And I think they feel more rewarded and fulfilled. Hiring people in a pandemic with the weight of a big brand behind you is one thing. But how do you compete when you're trying to bring experienced people onto a startup? Here's Vantage's CEO, Greg Hendrick. So for us, the premise has been that talent today that's in those areas has been aggregated up into a handful of large firms. And those large firms, while fine institutions and very stable uh, places, quite often, and particularly in the classes of business where we want to operate, which have been dislocated and challenged, things are happening, looking in the rearview mirror at those large companies, and they're saying, no, we really want to cut back on that or close that or, or restrict that. And that leads to talent wanting to look around and find places to work where they can build and grow uh, uh, businesses. So for us, that's been kind of one of the core themes uh, of, our, of our pillars has been talent. And the likelihood and the realization such, such thus far has been manifested itself as talent coming over to us. I think then when you're when you're in, you've got to maintain that that innovation and creativity. Gene, I think that's a big one for talent in our industry. They just they want to be in a place where you're doing new things and moving forward. In London, another startup, Inigo, employed a different tactic. Rather than chasing after the superstars of today, COO Karen Graves and her team embarked on a mission to find the bright lights of tomorrow. What we've tried to do at Inigo is look um, for that for that talent, um, maybe a level down from where we might have looked in another company, and look to provide a voice in the space for people that are ready to take the next step, but perhaps not recognised as being ready to take the next step as, as where they are. So, um, and that way, I think we feel that we can build a future for them um, that takes them coming in and takes them into a leadership role. So um, I, I think, you know, from my perspective, outside of the, 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 mar- the hardening market, et cetera, what we're offering as a, as a company is something quite enlivening, I think, uh, for, for people to come and join us. Um, and that's, I think that's quite unusual. We often talk, don't we, about the sort of the middle that gets stuck in, in a company that's hard to sort of penetrate through. As evidenced in other industries, to attract today's bright young things is not enough to offer an impressive compensation package and a run-of-the-mill set of benefits. Millennials in particular are looking to feel part of something meaningful when they join a company, something which Alliance Re and Asia-Pacific head Kenrick Law have been conscious of when hiring. 
Um, Charlie, nowadays, um, you know, financial benefits, career opportunities, um, all these factors are given. Um, uh, but as far as the, 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 the employees are concerned, the millennials are concerned, um, they actually focusing things which are beyond, um, you know, the financial benefits, the salary and so on and so forth. Um, I think um, just like the shareholders, the investors and your customers, the employees are also looking at um, what you're doing as a company to the world, to the environment, to the society. Um, so um, something that um, Alliance Group, we are very proud of being ranked number seven in the Refinitiv uh, Global Diversity and Inclusion Index. So we have signed up um, to be one of the members on the UN Women's Empowerment Principles, as well as the free and equal LBGTI standard of conduct. So, um, so something that we are committed to show to the society uh, that we are committed to uh, to equality and also to uh, to respect each other as a company and also uh, to to other employees as well. Kenrick went on to add, "It wasn't enough to have a good story; you had to be able to back it up with facts too." He cited Allianz's commitment to not only no longer underwrite brown energy business, but also not to invest in it, as an example. Throwing money is, it, 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 well, no longer works anymore. So you have to show that you have commitment um, to show to the world that you are, um, you know, you're focusing on green energy sector, renewable energy sectors, and then you're doing things and give back to the world and equality and so on and so forth. So those are very important agendas now these days for corporates. Of course, it's not all about attracting new people. It's important to retain your existing talent too, something RSA Luxembourg CEO Rachel Conran was keen to explore. Yeah, it's a great question because, you know, the, the keeping the people that you've got that are good and, and, you know, the RSA are now part of the Intact Financial Corporation. We've got a lot of good people. Um, and clearly through a transaction, we've been targeted by, by some recruiters um, to take some of those good people. Um, equally, you know, when we've lost people, uh, you know, regretted leavers, um, hiring people is, is interesting at the moment. You know, with COVID, the people can still wear their slippers and be in their pyjamas at home. So it's actually not as distressing, I think, to people to rejoin new corporations. And I think the key to keeping and retaining and, and growing and building is having interesting things to do. Um, I, you know, money is important, compensation of, of bonuses and reward Um being part of a team of excellence, being part of a group of people that are having fun. I think those are very, very important factors um, to retaining and, and getting people wanting to join a team that looks fun from the outside. So we spend a lot of time caring about that. Vantage's CEO, Greg Hendrick, is already thinking about retaining top staff, even while being a startup in growth mode. I'm a believer that they're equally important. Um, you, you can't overemphasize retention uh, and not mix in new new talent, new new ways of thinking about things, new pa past experiences to bring uh, to fresh uh, situations. Um, but you also just can't be constantly hiring new talent all the time. You've got to settle and retain. So I, I think they're equally important. As you get into more equilibrium, clearly retention starts to get above um, the acquisition of town, but I, but I think you know I'm not a fan of uh, never have been a fan of a kind of a forced distribute a forced changeover of whether it's the old GE model of 10 percent um, but I do think a certain amount of turnover is good for both the both the colleague and, and the and the institution London startup Inigo is also focusing on retention early 
Here's COO Karen Graves. I'm a big fan of of retaining talent. Um, I don't think it matters whether you've been a company um, that's been around for a couple of years or whether you've been going for 10 or 15 years. I think it's important that you look at your talent through a different lens as the company progresses. So it doesn't matter how long you've been around. I think we have great colleagues in in many different companies um, that, that I've been involved in. Sometimes we need to check ourselves to make sure that we are looking at people differently. So if we have a if we have a problem to solve or a gap to fill, <clears throat> don't pigeonhole people. I think this is a market that because of the time pressures, um, I think the way the Lloyd's year works in terms of timetables and just that, the way that business rolls on, you get around to October and then you know, before you know where you are. So, you know, with the pressures on the financial reporting, the whole smash is that it's very easy, and um, you may find this in, in your in your industry, it's very easy and simple to pigeonhole people. Um, and I'm a big fan of looking at people differently at some point, giving them an opportunity to maybe do something different. Axis Re Steve Aurora also spoke about the intrinsic benefits of retaining and developing existing talent. Existing talent has a deep understanding of your culture, of the issues, the opportunities, has loyalty, and I think um, what we continue to need to focus on is development, readiness, giving people stretch assignments, and seeing them organically grow through your organization. And it's a mix of both. I think that will probably create the healthiest environment. Um, but there is a power of you know growing your people, and um, that's also something that we're really profiting from. One way to bolster your retention levels is to ensure open door communication and make sure you work with your key performers to boost their confidence levels. It's a strategy endorsed by Anne Syndicate's Siobhan Bader. We spend a lot of time building their confidence and their ability to work within the industry. And I'm not sure that happens so much anymore. So I think retention is is very, very key. We would not want to lose anyone. We're still in growth mode. You know, we're building out, we're still acquiring staff. So we would not want to lose any staff that we currently have because we need everyone on board to move forward. Switching our focus to Asia, the received wisdom used to be that staff tended to be stickier, for want of a better phrase, meaning that retention perhaps wasn't as high on the agenda of boardrooms as it should be. I'm not going to name any country, um, but you, these, you, you, you do see certain countries having um, a higher turnover ratio, um, even though historically people would have their lifetime employment in the same company um, for 30, 40, 50 years. Um, but in the recent years, I, I do see some movements in, in the market um, in, in those countries where historically lifetime employment is a norm. So what's driving that shift in attitude? Number one, cultural shift. Um, And people don't believe in, especially the new generation, right? So they don't believe in this um, lifetime employment anymore. I think that's one. Um, Number two is, uh, like I said, millennials, they they tend to think differently um, compared with um, one or two generations before. And uh, more importantly, um, they like to try, try out different things. So rather than um, committing themselves to the same job or same company, they would like to see different things. So I think it's a, it's a mindset change and also it's a cultural change as well. 
for Archery's Mamoon Raja, failing to get your retention strategy right will negatively impact on your hiring for new talent. It's incredibly difficult to recruit top talent if your existing group isn't engaged and, and doesn't isn't growing and isn't achieving. All right. So, you know, we have a motto at Arch where we we prefer and we always favor the internal promotions. Um, and so if you force me to pick one or the other, uh, I would I would say retention of talent is, is more important than an attraction of new people. But but the interesting thing is people want to achieve and they want to succeed and they want to be part of it. And for me, the critical element is success because success takes talent um, and more success brings in more talent. And that talent gap actually expands in your favor relative to your peers as, as, as you as you. Um, experience success and, and have, have a group of people around you who, who, who constantly achieve success. Another danger sign to look out for, according to RSA's Rachel Conran, is boredom. I think, you know, I, I've often, you know, in my career, I've moved a lot. Um, and when I got bored, I moved. Um, and I think people around me know that when I get bored, I get naughty um, and I start doing things I perhaps shouldn't. Um, and I, I, I genuinely believe that, that that reaction that I had in my early career and I still have today is something all of us have, which is everybody needs blue sky above their head. Um, they need to be able to grow. It, they all want to grow perhaps in different directions. But I think people want that sense of being on a journey, working with good people, playing with good people. And it, it's something that was always important to me and teams. And I worked in really good teams. I've been really lucky to have very good bosses, um, very good leaders. Um, you know, Stephen Hester was a brilliant example of, a, of one of those leaders that I really enjoyed working for. Scott Egan is another. Um, and I think they've got that fun factor too and have got that, that part of the game. That's all we've got time for in this episode. Uh, thanks to all of our contributors for this podcast. If you enjoyed what you listened to today, please subscribe. In our next episode, we focus on the importance of company culture. Thanks for listening.